Welcome to Behind the Curtain with Nick Troon, the show where we sit down with theatre practitioners and get a backstage look at the creative process. On today's episode, we sit down with Penny Dowglish, the director of High Country Theatre's upcoming production, The Men Commandments. We'll be talking about the show, Penny's past experiences, and the challenges and allowances of working with a found theatre space. But that's enough from me, let's get on with the show and peep behind the curtain. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, Behind the Curtain with Nick Troon. My name's Nick, I'm your host, and today I'm here with the director of The Men Commandments put on by High Country Theatre, Penny Dowglish. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? So I am a theatre graduate from Mm -hmm. UNE a number of years ago now. (laughs) And so after living in Sydney for a brief period of time and doing a whole bunch of fun things down there, including working with Bell Shakespeare for a time, I moved back to Almeda with my young family. And alongside parenting, I work at a local primary school in a classroom, working as a student support officer. And when I'm not doing all of that, I try and throw my hand hand up in local theatre in some capacity. You're here as the director of The Men Commandments. Mm. What is The Men Commandments all about? So The Men Commandments is a play set in an office. Four friends are discussing various relationships Mm. and types of of relationships that one can find themselves in. Um, It's hilariously funny. And comedy is a really great way to sort through and unpack some difficult, more awkward or intimate issues, I find. Mm -hmm. And there's a Voice of God character that overarches it all and works to try and help, to guide and to show through the Ten Commandments, but also done in a different kind of cheeky way, what a woman needs to do to keep a man, essentially. Mm -hmm. Now, this performance is being put on by High Country Theatre. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the society at large? So High Country Theatre is a small and upcoming independent theatre company mm-hmm. in Armadale. It is run by volunteers mm-hmm. and the volunteers and the people that are a part of it are really passionate about finding new plays mm-hmm. and also works to present them in different ways. Mm-hmm and is also working on using these wonderful spaces that we have Mm. in town to put on a show. So you might have seen some pop-up theatres around town the last few years, Mm -hmm. Uh, one in the Armadale Plaza Mm -hmm. and in the garage, the old Mm -hmm. Kmart Tire and Auto. So they're they're using spaces that would otherwise be used or forgotten about for different reasons and showing what you can actually do in a space. I know that uh, I've personally done some high country theatre productions before and yeah, they've used some really interesting spaces. I remember Hannah's Arcade. We did it in the middle of the the way there and then also um, Animal Farm. We did it out at an actual farm. Absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of of theatre is being open to not only just new ideas in terms of text Mm. but also new ideas in in terms of performance space and mm-hmm. how the space can add so much to a production. That's mm. not taking away from a, a standard theatre proceeding march mm-hmm. kind of play. I really love finding plays that allow you to think outside the box and mm. to help the director and then essentially the actors and the tech team to think differently about the play and challenge everybody just that little bit extra. And this also isn't your first time with High Country Theatre because, of course, you co-directed In Bed with the Bishops Mm -hmm. with uh, High Country Theatre. Yeah, absolutely. And so I really enjoy different venues and I enjoy 
working with different actors, and I really enjoy challenging audiences. Now, for those interested in getting into this sort of work in the Armadale community, mm. how did you come into this position? So I've always had an interest in the arts, whether mm-hmm. it's music or theatre performance, and so I did cut my teeth on the local scene once yeah. I left high school. I studied theatre, and the theatre course back in Marge, eh? um, <laughs> it might still be the same, but mm. the theatre course that it was run, you know, when I did it, uh, you had a go at every So Mm. every unit that you participated in, it might not be your favourite thing, but you had a go. Mm. It wasn't just a, I'm going to do an acting stream or I'm going to do a script writing stream Mm. or a text stream or whatever. Mm. You were challenged to have a go and to have a try at all the facets of theatre. And I really enjoyed that. And I I had this idea that I was going to just do first year and then I was just going to transfer to Mm. a more prestigious uni. (laughs) But then at the end of first year, I was like, this is actually my theatre course. This is the one that I wanted to study because it challenged you to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And it also helped you have an understanding of all those other parts of Mm. of making theatre that you may not have had a go at before or thought Mm. of before. So I'm not a script writer, but... I do understand the process now and I've tried and I know how hard it is mm. and I know how precious it is to a scriptwriter. and you can't just, as a director, go, oh, no, no, we're just changing that. Yep. You actually have to respect a scriptwriter, but then they also have to work with the director mm. to make changes and to see, oh, that doesn't actually work on stage. Mm. So I need to kind of maybe adjust that there. It gives you an appreciation for all the different components and making theatre, particularly live performance, is not just about the actors. Yeah. There are so many things that need to come together and so many people working for that one show that is going to be completely different the next night Mm. and so you're working with this live organism and everyone's got a role to play and Mm. it's really important and so having a really firm foundation at theatre studies here inspired me to go actually this is what I want to do with my life Mm. and yeah I'm not a professional I'm not getting paid for what I do but I've always wanted to make theatre with like-minded people who just want to be involved in the process and Mm. want to give things a go and who just want to try so if you're if you're out there and you think that you could throw your hand in you should actually do that. Yeah. It's a really great shared experience mm-hmm. and you create something that is never going to be the same. Even mm-hmm. if you do the same show for nine shows or however many shows, every performance is different mm-hmm. and that shared experience is incredible and that's what drive me to find more and more opportunities to do those things. And that was the course here done at UNE, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It was a wonderful course and I highly recommend that you do it. You give it a go, pick up some theatre units, mm. you stay focused <laughs> on your subjects if you are a current theatre student. Theatre is so adaptable. It's, it can be used for every area of your life, in every industry, in every career choice. And I'll say that as a current theatre student here at UNE, absolutely. It's it's the same philosophy still. So, yeah, no, Excellent. absolutely get involved. Excellent. Absolutely. Get involved and stay involved. Mm. Oh, my gosh. How has this experience differed from your previous work? Uh, so my previous work, I didn't have children. Um, <laughs> and so that's a big difference. The time and the headspace that I have now is vastly different <laughs> to when I was either single and making theatre mm-hmm. or married making theatre. And so I use grabs of time mm-hmm. where I can, when I can. Mm-hmm. I think that's always been my preferred way to get 
anything fun and creative done is using grabs of time. Yeah. I'm a procrastinator and my best study at uni was in like the few hours before the exam <laughs> or before the essay was due. Yeah. Um, I'm not a real planner, but directing makes you be a planner. And so I think this process has been different because I have limited time, yeah. but those parameters have helped me to think outside the box. And I love working collaboration and coming with an idea, but that will change and develop. I'm not one of those directors that it's my way or the highway. Some of you may or may not remember Adrian Canando, who was a professor here for a number of years. And it was a real privilege for UNE to have mm. one of the only professors of theatre studies at UNE. And in our very first lecture, as uh, first years, he was saying, say yes to every idea. And so with that training under my belt, I am really passionate about staying true to that and saying mm-hmm. yes to ideas. And mm. yeah, my idea going in one night for a rehearsal was one thing. And by the end of the night, it's gone somewhere else, but it's more organic. And mm. my ideas aren't always the best one, mm-hmm. but I can provide a starting point. And I really want the actors and the tech team to have a voice, to be part of it. And that just opens things up to different opportunities and different things that you may never have thought of before. And so I'm far more appreciative of that now, mm-hmm. but I can also problem solve on the fly. And mm. so I think as a parent, I have to do that 24 hours a day, pretty much. (laughs) But being able to problem solve quickly and go, okay, that's not working. Let's try that. Scrap that. Let's do that. Mm. And not being so focused on your own trajectory that you miss Mm. out on a whole bunch of different opportunities. But still doing that in a way that also, yeah, takes those actors' ideas into account Mm. and doesn't completely dismiss that because it's not your own idea. Absolutely. Workshopping ideas and even their idea might not be the one, Mm. but in that process of workshopping together Mm. and saying yes to different ideas, you can go to somewhere else, but you've worked really hard. And that creative process is really exciting and it inspires me to do this again. (laughs) Now let's talk about the venue. Mm. This performance is running at High Country's new space, the Lodge Theatre. Talk us through that venue. Well, so the Lodge Theatre, from the outside, it kind of looks like a bit of a mausoleum. But inside uh, is a different story. Mm. It was used as office spaces, so that wasn't really inspiring. But enabled us to kind of go, okay, so where are we going to put everything? Where is the seating going to be? Where is the backstage space? Where is all of that? And so it's provided those basic amenities that you need, Mm -hmm. like toilets and kitchen space and backstage space. Mm -hmm. But because there's no fixtures there, you Mm. can think differently about the space and so the wonderful thing is that Gordon Cope who is the brains behind High Country Theatre he's a jack of all trades Mm. so whatever he doesn't have he can build it or whatever Mm. idea you might have he'll try and find a way to solve that problem and Mm. build it or make it happen and so I've known Gordon for a long time Mm -hmm. we've worked together a number of times and so I, I get his headspace He gets mine Mm -hmm. in the whole theatre world. And so I can put ideas out and he goes, yep, let's try that. And this is a space that allows you to do that. And it's not just my show, but shows in the future. You can also approach them in a similar way of what is the show and how can we fit it into the space, Mm. not having the space dictate terms, Mm. which is also really exciting. Again, coming back to that idea of saying yes to every idea in the space. Absolutely. And so it's really great. And you can make it work. If you're willing to not be precious and think outside the square, Mm -hmm. you can make theatre work anywhere. You were saying that the play is actually set in an office space. So then having that as an office space originally. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so there were desks and chairs and all this kind of crazy stuff left over. So I'm like, oh, let's just use that. Like, it's it's, it's there. We don't have to go and find it. And so there are things like that that you just go, ah, let's just pull that from there and put that here. And that's an office space. 
place. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can just use what you have and um, it doesn't have to have this crazy million-dollar budget. You can do it with very little and, and still entertain because it's the actors that need to transport the audience mm. to somewhere else and to convince them that that is where they are. And so it's so much about the actors and their body mm-hmm. and the way they deliver their lines, more about how amazing the set is. Mm. Following on from that, mm. what have been the allowances and challenges of using the Lodge Theatre as a space? I guess it's really challenged me to continue to stay true to myself about not being precious. And so even last night, there's a problem that Gordon had been working on for days to try and solve, mm-hmm. wasn't able to be solved. And I'm like, do you know what? That's it. Doesn't matter. We'll just move on. We've been rehearsing without that thing. It's totally fine. No one will ever know. But now it's going to need the actors to step up Mm -hmm. and use their bodies, use the lines to convince the audience of where they are in time and space, whatever. And so I've been forced to stay true to that. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, it would be easy to go into a beautiful space and make it all happen and all of that kind of thing would be less stressful. Mm -hmm. But that's not why I sign up for these things. It sounds Mm -hmm. nice in theory, but I don't really like the practice of it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's been a a challenge, but not a challenge that is too difficult. Mm -hmm. I think that the difficult thing is bringing other people along with that who might have a different idea or who aren't as comfortable in fresh spaces or things that aren't necessarily a standard theatre. This is the first show in the new space as well, so there's a lot of trial and error. And so when you're trying to bring on other people that might have some anxieties about that or how we're going to overcome those challenges Mm. it can be difficult but I trust the people that are doing the jobs I trust the lighting guys I trust the sound guy I trust the stage management crew to work hard at overcoming what they're finding a challenge and we can always try and find something we can always do something differently we just need to stay talking to each other and trying to figure it out together and so yeah it is definitely a team effort Mm -hmm. first show in a new space (laughs) but I'm hoping that we can reassure those involved that this space actually opens up so many opportunities. Mm, it's a it's a good space. It works. It is. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's got these beautiful pressed tin ceilings oh. and it's just uh, it's just really fun to be in there and yeah. to make theatre in there. Yeah, I'm already thinking about the next show that I would like to direct in there. Lots of opportunities. And it's also quite an intimate venue, right? Yeah. A good space for that intimate sort of personal theatre. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is such a hoot. It is so funny mm. that I hope it is going to feel really warm Mm. and inviting and there's a sense of joy in the audience because it is just a real laugh. The role of a director is huge, especially in community theatre, as you're often playing multiple roles at once. We talked Mm. about this briefly before, but how have you found that balance between being a director and your work and home life? Uh, I think you probably have to ask my husband about that. (laughs) Um, um, I don't want to be one of these these people that just talks about her kids all the time, but I think as being a parent and being someone that works and involved in different things, I already multitask throughout my day. Even uni students like they're they're trying to figure out what multitasking looks like you have to work you have to study you have to do all these things and so I don't think anyone doesn't multitask it's just how well you do it I love multitasking I get really bored if I do one thing for too long I find that I can put a different hat on to do the different roles and so it's just being disciplined to go okay when I'm home I'm home when I'm at the show rehearsing I'm at the show rehearsing when I'm at work I, I work you try and do that but then you know 
things creep in and all that kind of stuff. But um, my kids have been around long enough to know that this is just part and parcel of it. We're a one show a year family at <laughs> this point in time. Mm-hmm. So sticking to that, it's my one show. They know there's a beginning and an end to it. Everyone just tries to get on with it until the show's done. And mum's going to be a better person because of that (laughs) so um, it's just trying to bring those people along with you that you care about and if you've got too many balls in the air you're going to drop some that's just life so you just try and have good relationships with the people you care about ask for help when you need it and realize that no one's perfect but the great thing about theater and creative practice is that there's no right and wrong the audience isn't going to know what the idea was in your head or they're not going to know if something doesn't go 100% right that Mm -hmm. night you just have to keep going and move on. So that's the great thing. And then tomorrow night, it's a brand new show. And it's especially a skill with such a sort of lesser known play in the way that, yeah, nobody has any pre-made conceptions going into this Absolutely, show. It's just completely blind. Absolutely. And the way that we see it as a cast and as a crew is like, we're finally getting to share mm-hmm. this. I laugh every rehearsal at the same lines every time, even though I've seen it thousands of times. It is hilarious. It is so, so well written. Mm-hmm. The the English humour, as we know, is very similar to our Australian humour. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sarcasm, a lot of one-liners that if you miss, you miss, and that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's written so well that it's so entertaining and we are so looking forward to sharing it with an audience now that we're, we're ready, the show's ready, and we just need people to come along. Very nice. Speaking of coming along, before we close, do you want to give a quick promo for the show? Oh, gosh, I would love to. Um, So we have nine shows over three weeks, Friday nights, Saturday nights, and a Sunday afternoon matinee Mm -hmm. for the first three weekends of August. There are student prices for all you poor uni students who don't think you can afford to see live theatre. You actually can. So come along, bring a friend or two or three or four, and just come for a good, wholesome, fun night out. You won't regret it. Well, thank you for coming and speaking with us. Oh, my pleasure. Can I come again? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You've been listening to Behind the Curtain with Nick Troon on 106.9 Tune FM. To view our latest episodes and Tune FM's other programs, search Tune FM on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also visit our page at tunefm.net. Finally, make sure you're following TuneFM on Facebook and Instagram to hear the latest on new episodes. That's it for today's show. My name's been Nick, and I'll see you next time. Bye.